Hello everybody and welcome back to Parallel Words. This is going to be Parallel Words episode 18. I'm your host John Jagger and joining me as always is my good partner in crime Aaron Green. Aaron. Yay crime. How are you man? Hey man I'm pretty awesome. How are you doing today? It's daytime. It is daytime. We're doing this earlier than the butt crack into the middle of the night. <laughs> I'm talking to you and there is daylight. <laughs> the sun is shining Sorta. behind some clouds, but it's, slim it's, clouds. it's dayish time. Yeah, it's great. It is in the AM. And now people get to determine which version of us they like better. Do they like... <laughs> The awake versions? Do they like sleepy, sleepy versions? Sleepy, about to go to bed version? Or sleepy, just woke up version? Well, for me. Just woke up. Sounds like you've been up and at it. Yeah, man. Your family, man. What, seven? Uh, Yeah, about seven. That's exciting. Yeah, that kind of tends to be my norm. Should probably wake up earlier, but I don't. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. You're like, yeah, I got up at 7. Oh, I mean, I'm slacking and sleeping in a little bit, but I got up at 7. Meanwhile, I have an alarm go off at 9.30 and wake up to a text from you saying, hey, you want to record at 9.30? I'm like, well, I just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, but I was asleep then. Um, I am getting like a cold, so oh. everybody's going to have to deal with the very professional thing and me sniffling on this because I will forget to press the mute button. I already have, and it's going to keep <laughs> happening. So I'm just telling you all. Oh, it's going to happen. If you can't deal with it, it's not my fault. Ah, wah, wah. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, they, they can't all be winners. But can't some of them be winners? <laughs> hey. They are. <laughs> it reminds you about it was nuts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There was another one. I can't even think of it though. I'm sure there was. I don't. I don't need to, man, This is 18 episodes in. I know. I can't remember the last episode. Yeah. Uh, I remember that one at least a little bit. Yeah. As I listened to it. <laughs> Fairly recently. Because it just came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it was kind of memorable, as we, I believe, uh, dropped the F-bomb more times in that episode than in the previous 16 episodes combined. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. So, I think that's what we call a milestone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. Sounds great to me. And you know what? We don't have any stories this time. No. We get to just sit back and relax. Yeah. See, now, now there's pressure, though. Why? Because I don't know what to talk about, man. Talk about all sorts of stuff. <laughs> As we sit here in the Insert crickets. Shit. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, though, but you have good news. I do have good news. We haven't gotten to talk about it on the show because we recorded no. way before the episode actually came out. Yeah, right. <laughs> so technically there was an episode since then. But it's true. Uh it, this happened recently, and I think you should share it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I have been working on uh, on on a novel, on the first book in a series that uh, I am writing and would hopefully like to continue writing uh, and have be 
you know, put out there for people to read. Uh, and I just, uh, within the last day or so, a couple of days, uh, I just completed my first draft of the manuscript, uh, beginning, middle, and end, all completely done. Uh, and uh, it's been something that I've been working on for a good couple of years uh, in between family and working full-time and everything. So uh, I just finished it. So that was a incredibly exciting moment for me. As it should be. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a, I, I have this feeling of accomplishment, and uh, hopefully it won't take me a couple of years to write the second one. <laughs> and in a weird sort of way, uh, that sort of stuff is, is why we do this show. I mean, because yeah. we used to have like little meetups, little creative meetups where we would get together and talk ideas and talk about the, the books we want to write and, and what we're into and all of that. And we would walk away feeling so motivated by these little convos that it would, you know, it would get us plugging away at something, you know, for a week. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, uh, and I mean, it's, it just, it felt like we would rarely be able to get past the, you know, the, I would like to stage. I was tired of being the guy who was like, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book right now. And it's just like, you know, just like everyone else in the world. I mean, I'm, right. I'm currently working on a novel. Yeah. What's the and difference between everyone else and you now? Is you've uh, done. I, I have finished writing a novel. <laughs> it is completed. Well, ish. I still have a lot of editing and expansion that needs to be done. But I still think that that was a rather major you know kind of uh mark in 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 the process so i'd say that's probably the biggest hurdle i mean there's yeah. one more really big one coming up but um <laughs> yeah finding someone who'd be like huh let me give you money so that we can try to sell this and that would be that would be nice but i mean ultimately getting doing the the work that's on you you know and yeah. and Going through that and going through the process and getting it done, that's always going to be the hardest. Yeah. And so now, you know, your your passion is going to shine through. I've read bits and pieces of it. I think people would be crazy if they didn't publish it. But, you know, that's, that's my Thank opinion. You, Nobody's come up to me and been like, hey, <laughs> we think you should write something because your opinion and your thought matters. But my opinion is people <laughs> would be crazy not so i'm excited i'm super excited to see what's going to happen with that uh it has motivated me to get to working on mine so yay motivation you no know, that's all that's all good stuff so uh yeah it's fantastic and at some point we'll have you read an excerpt or something sure i can definitely do that you know and i will make sure to you know to keep you and everyone out there updated uh and uh, kind of let you know how things are going with it. Yeah, and I mean, I got to get going on mine because let's face it, what's going to happen to this show when it becomes parallel words with established author Aaron Green <laughs> and that guy he worked at GameStop with? <laughs> oh, GameStop. <sighs> and it's just immediately one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> our new theme song <laughs> that was great That's i muted not... so i could do a sniffle and then i unmuted right when i did it <laughs> i don't know how technology works 
how, how do I computer? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, I'm laughing about the thing Aaron said. Better mute that. <laughs> Better mute that, but I want to make sure that I get the righteous snarf of, uh, <laughs> you know, of mucus. Got to make sure to get that. Yeah. Some reverb on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Going so well. <laughs> Honestly, I don't really see a difference so far between our late night ones and this one. Nope. Nope, none at all. Late night might be a bit more professional. <laughs> By hair. I, I, I don't know if I would describe much of what we do on the podcast as professional. Which says uh, a lot. Yeah, entertaining? Sure. Fun to do? Abs-friggin-lutely. Professional? Mm, not so much. Well, let's go ahead and do this right now while we're talking about such things. Okay. Uh, Aaron. Yes. We have a review. We have a review? We have a review. We have a freaking review? I usually do not check uh, because I assume that nobody listens. Right. (laughs) But I checked and we have a review. Oh my God. Would you like to know how many stars we got? I'm, I'm afraid, John. I'm afraid. It's okay. Are we fucking adequate? (laughs) It would have been great. Oh, it would have been great. We hadn't published that episode yet when the review came in, though. Oh, okay. Or else they might have changed their minds and been like, eh, you know what? They're right. They wrote their own review. (laughs) Um, This is from Very Tasty Cupcake. Okay. Which is great. I could use a Very Tasty Cupcake. (laughs) I actually... Here. Quick side note, I just had a dream, like the dream I had before I was so rudely awoken to do this show, uh, was about me complaining to someone that I didn't get a cupcake. (laughs) I was very upset about this fact, Aaron. (laughs) I don't remember the lead up or anything. All I remember is I was talking to someone, I can't even tell you who it was, and I was upset because everybody else got a cupcake, and I did not. Aww. Yeah, I was really, you know, I don't want to use the term nightmare loosely, but it's almost there. I, yeah, I mean, lack of cupcake. Pretty nightmarish, dude. Yeah. It's a, it's a terrifying world. Anyway, let's... In a world. <laughs> in a world where cupcakes... Are given to only the chosen few. There one man one. will fight against the injustice. <laughs> My cupcake! You son of a bitch. I don't know why I imagine it's Arnold Schwarzenegger is the man without the cupcake. <laughs> it's like, you! You gave a cupcake to everyone. Here, Arnold is a little, little Russian sounding. Ah, he is. <laughs> He's that whole European. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Just pick an accent from another country. <laughs> it's suitable. Well, I mean, it, I figured it would be better than me just going. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> Want to take a cupcake Eddie. from me? <laughs> it's like, it's like See what's meme. going on like, in there? They took a cupcake from me. I took their lives from them. He will pursue his cupcake to the end of the earth. 
I know you have it. I know you have it. I don't know who you are or what you want, but I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> that make me a nightmare for cupcake thieves like you. Look, man, find you didn't you. know whose cupcake it was. <laughs> it was just there on the table. There was no note. You should have known. I mean, we, we can get it back. We can get it back. Right, Reggie? Crack. <laughs> ah, <laughs> my finger. <laughs> um, so Very Tasty Cupcake gave us a, a review. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. Very Tasty Cupcake. A Michael Bay film. Yeah, there's cupcakes all over the place. Military planes. Explosions. We gotta do a halo drop onto the cupcake. Slow motion pan shots. It totally just ripped off the new Godzilla trailer. Which I'm totally looking forward to. Heck yeah. It's got Brian Cranston in it. It's Godzilla. And Ken Watanabe. And, like, it's Godzilla. Yeah. I grew up on Godzilla, man. Like, literally riding him into battle? It's true. Little known fact about me. When I was little, uh, if I had a nightmare, more often than not, it was Godzilla. That was the thing that was going to to get me in my dreams. Now, don't get me wrong. Hmm. I loved Godzilla. Like, I watched his movies religiously. There's a reason he was in my dreams. Yeah. I thought Godzilla was great. I also thought he was the hero, but as soon as I was in a dream <laughs> where I was the human and Godzilla was stomping around, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> the tables have turned. I just love so much the idea of Godzilla being the protagonist. <laughs> I don't understand, man. I'm just trying to... I'm just trying to go home. These people just keep shooting at me. I don't even like people, man. You get him, Godzilla. I don't imagine. <laughs> I don't know why I imagine him as like the stoner voice, but <laughs> maybe his breathing Talks fire like is a metaphor from the Big Lebowski. He's <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> Tokyo. This aggression will not stand, they're, man. <laughs> they're like. Godzilla's destroying our city. We have to kill him. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. (laughs) (laughs) He's a giant lizard. You're not wrong. You're just an asshole. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, man, this needs to happen. I want to figure a way to make this happen, to redub like some trailer. Like when the trailer comes in, we have to find a way. Like, not like the teaser trailer that they just put, but like the legit trailer. Like, we need to figure out a way to dub the Big Lebowski <laughs> onto that that trailer. Mothra's friggin' John Goodman. <laughs> Forget about the fucking toe! <laughs> and you want a toe? I'll get you a toe! Godzilla Jr., uh, you Let's know, the son of Godzilla. Damn. That'll be Donnie. <laughs> Because he's the worst. It just shows him blowing his little, like, fire breath O's that he could he could blow. <laughs> and just immediately Mothra's like, damn it, Donnie. <laughs> You're out of your element, man. <laughs> he's just destroying Tokyo looking for his rug. 
really tied the room together. <laughs> oh, I love this idea. Is that a marmot? <laughs> oh, man. Anywho, so, our review. So going very, back to that. Very Tasty Cupcake gave us a review. <laughs> this, is, this is the point of the story. Yes. Uh, it was five stars. Five stars? Holy shnikes. I know. It's way more stars than we deserve. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Immediately made me want to say, what happened? Were they just giving <laughs> stars away? Was there a, a star surplus store? You just willy-nilly throw these at shows. But I'll take five stars. Hey, you know, if Very Tasty Cupcake feels that we... Uh... That we have earned them a that we have earned a, a, a five star rating for them, then you know what? I'm going to take it gladly. So yeah. thank you, Very Tasty Cupcake. We're glad that you like it. Would you like to know what Very Tasty Cupcake had to say? I would yeah, absolutely. Alright. The review is as follows. <laughs> really interesting original stories and hilarious conversations. Awesome stuff. That's the headline. Oh great. That's to to sum up the review, but now we dive deeper. Okay, we're delving. I love the chemistry between John and Aaron. Not only are they actually good writers, ding, but they just seem like two good friends just talking and hanging out and share ideas, jokes, and of course, stories. Then there's a smiley face. Yay, smiley face. I, I think it's because they knew that we would be smiling here. Yeah, I, I'm, I am. I, mean, I believe that you could describe the grin that I'm currently wearing as shitting. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, here, man. Yeah. I mean, spoilers. We are two good friends and we are just talking, hanging out, sharing <laughs> ideas, jokes <laughs> and stories. Yeah. Uh, occasionally. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes more than others. <laughs> I began listening back in October during month nice. <laughs> <That's> a witch <laughs> uh, can you imagine how long that would have gone had horror month been longer than a month oh, God. It would have been the majority of the show. We would have we would have started, you know, the stories thirty minutes in. Yeah, we've done all our sound effects. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, and then it concludes. I was hooked right away, and then there's a big smiley face. Yay! So thank you, very tasty yeah. cupcake. That was exceptionally sweet of you. But uh. I'm shooting my fingers like guns. So that's good. <laughs> gold. <laughs> There's gold in them hills. Gold. <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh, I think that's it. The problem is they don't make it easy to immediately see other countries' reviews. So as a result, I'm too lazy to often check. So I'll say this. If you ever give us a review and you are from someplace that's not the U.S., uh, because I rarely check the U.S. one to begin with, yeah. uh, let us know so I know to look, and then we'll give you uh, a proper reading. Yeah, even, even if it's terrible, 
Yeah, even if you're like, I this show is the fucking worst. It's not even fucking adequate. I had to go and write them a review to tell them how unlistenable it is. Let us know, because we'll totally read that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have fun with it. We won't even read it, like, sarcastically. We will read it, like, genuinely. Long silence. I was sneezing. That's fine. You know, the the cold. Yeah, no, I, I get you, dude. The, uh, the rain has caused my allergies to go, oh, you wanted to, you know, Live. be able to survive? Well, <laughs> fuck you. Let me prove to you why humans <laughs> shouldn't exist. <laughs> Hi there, Mother Nature calling to show you why Godzilla was the protagonist. Because fuck you, that's why. Because <laughs> you guys are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I remember as a kid that one of my favorite Godzilla movies, for some reason, was the one where Godzilla fought Bambi, like the incarnation of pollution. (laughs) Do you remember that one? It was like Godzilla versus the smog monster or something like that. Oh, man. I like I watched it again and it's just terrible. Like it's bad. But as a kid, that was my friggin' favorite Godzilla movie. I don't know why. It simply was. I recommend Godzilla vs. Bambi. Oh, yeah? Didn't Godzilla fight Dracula at one point, too? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I just remember, I think it's on Godzilla 1984, which I checked out all the time because I was like, that was the year I was born! <laughs> um... So I thought they made it for me. Aww. Because naturally there was only one birth in yes. the year 1984. It's true. And it would be me. So I was like, they made a Godzilla movie in my honor. And uh, I, I believe prior to that movie starting, there's a short animated cartoon uh, called Godzilla vs. Bambi. <laughs> where you see a, a small deer grazing... And then a foot just squishes it. Amazing. Anyway, so that's Godzilla. What else is going on? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. You know, um, although I am, I I, I am starting to, to to get an idea for uh, for our story. Oh yeah. Yeah. What are you thinking? Well, I, it, I, I'm pretty sure that, like, I, I mentioned this concept at one point before, um, but uh, the conversation just seems to be edging toward this um, in a way that is seemingly natural. Um, but the idea was, uh, you know, writing something from the perspective of a monster or a, you know, a villain essentially, but as though they are the protagonist. Because, you know, like I've mentioned before, no villain thinks that they are, you know, an evil. They think that they're doing the right thing, and that seems to be the direction (laughs) that our conversation seems to be going. Well, I mean, it's true. We have talked about the Big Lebowski version of Godzilla, which I love. Yes. And uh, Godzilla was my own hero. I was like, look at him. Look at him exterminate the masses. Oh, that cheeky bastard. <laughs> we spent enough time in retail. We know who the hero was. Yep. 
So, uh, yeah. I mean, let's do maybe not necessarily monster. Let's just say villain as protagonist. Yeah, which I think would be, you know, it leaves it a little bit more open for us, right? Yeah, I mean, in case we don't want to immediately dive back down the monster path. Yeah. Although, why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you can write about a monster right now. Woo, monsters! Um, so, join us for Horror Month Part 2. Just kidding. No, really. <laughs> the horror-ing. Wow, that'd be, be pretty scary, right? Yeah, that's a lot of R's to try to say. Well, let's find out how long this story is going to be. Alright, let's do it. Uh, I'm clicking generate. It's going to be between 1,000 and 3,000 words. Alright. That's for sure. <laughs> and uh, you tell me when to stop. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Stop. All right. It showed up as 1,980, which we're going to go ahead and round up and just call an even 2,000. I'm for it. So, thanks, (laughs) random.org. Even though you're not paying us to plug you, but that's okay. It's really not that big of a deal. I'm always happy to plug (laughs) random.org. And you can take that whatever dirty way you want it. <laughs> Ew. That's gross and you should feel gross. I do. <laughs> I just, I wake up and I'm immediately like, ugh, I am gross. <laughs> That's like your first reaction in the morning. Um, I think anybody who has a smartphone is aware of how gross people are. Yeah. Because you just, you touch it, and you're just like, oh, great. A reminder that we are all just disgusting. Of these, we're just these weird, oily creatures. Yeah. We're fleshy. I mean, I say fleshy. Like, that is what we are on the outside. We are literally fleshy. But I say and, it, and, and people and go, ugh. You yeah. know? And we like, are filled like, with things like phlegm. Yeah. Mucus. Listen to me. We're gross. People are gross. Godzilla had it right. <laughs> That's the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> Godzilla had it gross. right. Yeah, the Godzilla had it right, and people are gross. So uh, I played a little bit of DLC for a game called Saints Row 4. Oh, yeah? Called How the Saints Saved Christmas amazing how was it it was fantastic it's incredibly short incredibly short but it was how short was it incredibly short (laughs) um it was about an hour oh wow that is really short yeah and when you factor in that a lot of that is like playing you know game aspects where it's like doing this mission uh you know it's super short but it made me laugh a lot. You know, and sometimes that's just, that's all it needs to do, you know? I mean, there's a, there's a difference between something that's meant to be, like, a, a, a true, like, pure gaming experience and something that's just like, hey, this is just, like, a fun little additive that we did as, like, a holiday type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. It puts you in a big Christmas sweater. 
Why you have your superpowers and are running around? Yeah. Nice. You get to fly around on a sleigh. Uh, you get to team up with Santa Claus to fight uh, Claus, like an evil oh version of Santa. Like in uh, Rare Exports? Sure. Yeah. That's a, it's a movie, a horror movie about Christmas where Santa Claus is actually an evil being. Yeah, this kind of goes both ways because you've got real Santa. <laughs> and then you have the imposter. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm still playing through Dishonored and uh, The Last of Us. Um, oh, The Last of Us is God, so good. So good. Um, yeah, it's... It is a truly phenomenal gameplay experience. Like, it's just, it's probably one of the best, if not the best game I've ever played. Mm, that's mighty fine praise. Yeah. Um, I was. It's truly wonderful. There's a part of me uh, that kind of. I don't know. I, I always tend to think about, like, game of the year and stuff like that. Like, I get into that sort of stuff. Mm hmm. Um,. And so I was trying to think of, like, what came out this year that I really liked. See if I could put a top ten list together. Yeah. And I, uh, at first I was like, ah, this was a slow year for gaming. And then I started putting the list out there, and there were actually some really freaking good games, games that came out this year. Yeah. Bioshock Infinite. Oh, God, so much awesome. Um, the, the reboot of Tomb Raider. Which I have not yet gotten the opportunity to play. Worth playing? It's definitely worth playing. It's okay. really, really good. Duly noted. Uh, the reboot of Devil May Cry. That one was uh, that one was good. That one was great. Huh. I really like that. That would be very high on my list. I am not a, a big. I, I was not a big avid Devil May Cry fan. I mean, I played yeah. most of them. Uh, actually, I probably played all of them, but yeah for varying degrees you know i know i beat one i think i barely played two mm -hmm. uh so it, it just kind of varies but um this one i i could not stop playing until i beat it huh and it was there was just something about it where it was kind of obnoxious in some ways but it kind of knew it was and it, so okay. it just kind of ran with it like they kind of make Dante out to be kind of a prick, but they're kind of like, yeah, we know. We know. He knows. You're not supposed Every, to think this knows. guy is the coolest guy ever. You're supposed to kind of be like, ah, this guy's a little rough. So, uh, yeah, it, it just really gelled with me. Um, so that was all good. Uh, Last of Us, obviously, we talked about. Mm -hmm. I've got a soft spot for uh, Saints Row 4 because that series is just nuts. <laughs> um you know i this is also the year that that pokemon came back for me like i've played most of the pokemon games since mm -hmm. you know the the heady days of red and blue when it first came <laughs> out on game boy uh, uh, oh ye olden days yeah that is if you think about it like i was in middle school when that game came out that's pretty yeah. long time ago. That was a really long time ago. It was out on the Game Boy, you know. Yeah. So, uh, not 
Game Boy DX or Color. I mean, eventually, I'm sure you could put it on there, but, um, you know, no special version, no 3DS, no dual screen, just... No touch capabilities. Regular-ass Game Boy. That's that's what it was. So, that was a long time ago. And this is the first game... That's how game... they should have marketed that. Yeah. This is the regular-ass Game Boy. Hey, guys, you want a regular-ass Game Boy? Sure, man. That sounds brick-like. <laughs> um, I do think it was playable on, like, you know, they did the... Because they adjusted the Game Boy a little bit. Like, they got rid of the giant brick shape. Mm-hmm. They got rid of the, like, yellow background, the yellowish background, and they gave it kind of a, a clear crystal, you know, gray and black color scheme. Yeah. Uh, so they did make changes, and I think it was on one of those that I played. I don't remember anybody playing with the giant, massive, you know, Game Boy. I don't think anybody yeah. was playing it on that. I'm sure someone did, but... um. Yeah, that was a long time ago, and this was the first game, and I've played most of the real Pokemon games that have come out since then. This is the first one since that one that kind of got me back in, where I was like, yeah, this reminds <laughs> me about what I like about Pokemon. So uh, so that was really good. Um, I don't know what else. It's just a good year. Uh, Assassin's Creed 4, I just beat that. Yeah. It's very piratey. Piratey. Yeah. So I, I would assume that a game involving pirates should probably well, uh, find itself in that vein somewhere. I'll say this about Assassin's Creed 4. Okay. I like everything about that game that has nothing to do with Assassin's Creed. So if it had just been a piratey game, you think that it would have been superior? Probably. I mean, every time that they pull you out of the Animus for their, like, real-world stuff, which uh-huh. isn't very frequent. Like, they really tone that down, um, which is good, because every time they did that, I was like, uh <laughs> You're like, are you still playing as Desmond? No. Okay, that's good. Spoilers, you will not be playing as Desmond again past three. Okay. <laughs> so... Like, yeah, you could tell, yeah. you know, how long it's been since I've played. I think I played two yeah and uh, i think i played a little bit of brotherhood but like i really did not have the opportunity to play those games very much three everything i've heard about three is it is just boring and not fun and uninteresting and the desmond stuff is god awful like to finally see that side kind of play out and not pay off like in any real significant way. Yeah, is a r- real bummer. Because I'll tell you, if I was gonna make an Assassin's Creed game, like, and I was writing the story for it, mm-hmm. here's what I would do: I would introduce uh, a new character. Um, I'd set it in the future from us, which a lot of people thought that Desmond's stuff was set in the future. I guess three reveals that it's taking day modern day. Uh huh. Which I, I'm like, well, there's not a bunch of animuses out there. It's not like... Or are there? Yeah, whatever. But... <laughs> Sorry. I <couldn't... laughs> so, no, I, I, I agree, but... Um, but I would, t- I would set it in the future. Not crazy future, but a little future. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'd put in a new lead character. I would not reuse Desmond. And I would have the character uh, kind of being held by the Templars, not really knowing she's being held by them. Mm-hmm. But basically what they're doing is they are trying to eliminate all assassins and totally eliminate their bloodline. And so what they're doing is they're using the Animus as a way to plug these people in and go through their genetic history and pull up any data on family ties to assassins or Templars. And they're using it to recruit people into their order and eliminate people that were assassins. And so you'd have this character who would turn, it would turn out that she's a prominent, you know, she's the descendant of a prominent assassin. And so they end up deciding that they're going to hold on to her because they need to know some bit of information from the past. Like Mm -hmm. that descendant has some, some pivotal information. And so they're keeping her, you know, they're trying to keep her in line and they're just telling her, oh yeah, we're, you know, we're just researching your family tree. Like maybe that's the the public face they're putting on this project. Like, <laughs> it's like Ancestry.com's real yes. motivation. Like the Templars run Ancestry.com. <laughs> and they're like, we can not only have you know about your past, you can experience it. It's very exciting. And so uh, the thing is, though, every time she comes out of the Animus, she has retained some of the knowledge gained from her experience in there. And so you you play through and, and you can kind of pick any history point, you know, whatever you want for the like going back in. Yeah. Uh, I'm still, you know, excited about the pirates. So like, that's what I want, but you know, yeah. you don't necessarily need to repeat, but so finally, you know, they get the information they need and she's figured it out by now that they're coming after her. And so the last little bit of that game would be her escaping because now she has gained all the knowledge of how to be an assassin from her ancestor. Nice. And so now she's running around taking on the Templars in the the quasi-future. Yeah. And then she escapes, and now she's going to start the Assassin's Order back up in the future. I like it. And she's going to teach them the same way she learned by like, you're going to go back and you're going to experience it. And and then like future games, you barely even need to touch on like the future stuff necessarily. Yeah. Like, Cause you would just have a new character who was, you know, gaining, gaining their skills so that they could, you know, take part in the, you know, in the new version of the, and if uh, if that future stuff is exciting and interesting, then you just tell some story where, you know, like, okay, we're going to do one that is set in the future. Like, and it's going to be set around this character. And then do that. But like that's it. what I would do. I like it. All right. Well, Ubisoft, give me a call. <laughs> I'm, I'm free. <laughs> I'm, I'm free. I'll help you. We'll come You're up free with a cool willing. story. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's for me like I don't know. I my first real experience because I didn't have a you know dedicated game console until 
you know, I want to say it was like my senior year of high school. My parents just simply didn't believe in them, but I did play a lot of PC games. And so for me, one of my very first, you know, introductions into kind of the stealth action, you know, genre was, it was the Thief games. And those, to me, like, have always been, like, the epitome. Like, that first Thief game, that's just been how, for me, how uh, that genre should work. Um, in terms of just the presentation and the strategy involved and stuff like that. So, I guess very few games for me have, like, lived up to that. And, I mean, I know that there's kind of, you know nostalgia effect on that but at the same time i just recently played through the first one again and i still love it it's still a game that gives me difficulty <laughs> in terms of beating so you know i mean it's uh, uh, hopefully i know that they've been there have been wild rumors and speculation i don't know if anything's been like legitimately confirmed or not but i know that there's at least hopefully plans for uh, a fourth thief game yeah, um, they're uh, they're making it. Oh god, I I really really hope that they do and that it doesn't get, you know, horribly mangled. Well, because I am a huge fan of the series and I want it to come back. I haven't heard great things, but it does keep getting pushed back, so maybe they're putting <sighs> forth the effort. Uh, but, you know, that also happened to Duke Nukem. <laughs> and we know how that turned out. <laughs> oh man, it was almost unplayable. Almost Actually, you know what? It was unplayable because no, it, it got to a point where I was just like, I can't play this anymore. Have you ever played a game, Aaron, where you've just been like, I wish I could write the story for that game or for a sequel to that game? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure I have. I can't seem to remember it off the top of my head, but. Is it because you're sleepy? I'm a little sleepy, which is weird. <laughs> no, honestly, it's not weird. It's it's because I got up at 7 a.m. I know. You should have done what I did. Yeah, that's not generally a uh, <laughs> an option here. No, doesn't no. Work, work that way typically. No, no, not typically. All right. Uh, yeah. I don't think that I've legitimately slept in, like, actually, like, gone to bed at, like, a decent hour and then, like, just slept until I was ready to wake up um, and not have had to, like, wake up and do other things and then go back to bed in, like, five or six years. So what you're saying is enjoy it. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. I like being a teacher. I like being a dad. I, you know, I, I like all of those things. But I certainly do miss sleep. I hear you. Sleep's a good thing. Yeah. Well, what do you say? We uh, let's let's go back over it first. Okay. Yeah. So let's, this let's week. Back. <laughs> this week, our story is going to be 2,000 words, okay. roughly. I always put that in there for me, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, it's going to be 2,000 words, roughly, um, mm. and it is going to be a story featuring a villain who thinks they are the good guy. 
because that is the sign of a of a good villain. Mm-hmm. So uh, sound good to you? That sounds great. It sounds great to me too. So awesome. let's make hey, this happen. You know what? Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll earn some more reviews. Now just make sure you write it in one day so we can record it tomorrow. And, uh... <laughs> oh jeez. Actually, on the plus side, I am now on winter break, which means I will legitimately have time to uh, to do some additional additional writing. Hey, so, that's pretty yeah. good, and we can record a little easier, and m- maybe do another day show. Oh snap! Who knows? People are like, no, no, don't do any more day shows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the time of day matters. We're always going to be sleepy and slightly crazy because i think that's just who we are yeah right like now very core and instinctual level yeah right now i'm just like i'm kind of hungry like that's that usually doesn't happen during the evening shows yeah. i'm sitting here i'm like i could order a pizza That'd be good <laughs> pizza's the best um it's, it's delicious but i had myself for breakfast i uh had one of those giant like filiberto's bacon egg and cheese uh burritos yeah, that's that have all right. an obscene amount of bacon in them, and uh, as many people know, I love my bacon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, one of those things where I just had that, and the cool thing about those is that it's like less than five dollars for one of these burritos, and it will literally, like, I will not need to eat until dinner. That's good. You yeah. know, I that's making me want Chipotle actually. I have to go do that. Chipotle's great. Ooh, I'm getting hungry. You know what would be awesome? Let me tell you, this just popped into my head. Because I'm just sitting here and I'm like, we're talking about food and stuff. Wouldn't it be cool if we did this in like an office? Like if we all worked and our, this was our job? Uh, uh, yes. It was our job to write. I can safely say that writing the podcast and it being like able to... Uh, like be self-sustaining and supporting and like not have to work another job uh and just be able to write and do podcasting yeah that i could say that would be pretty much um yeah that would be like my dream job we could talk about chipotle and then just be like all right well let's go get some yeah right just a bunch of us could go and not have to be all like well let me check the bank first yeah Ugh. Uh, no, I think I'm going to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> That's probably the way my, my lunch is actually going to go today. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. That'd be fun. It'd be yeah. fun. One day, man. We worked together once, and it was pretty fun. Yeah, I can only imagine. Do you, speaking of working together, food and pizza, do you remember when we used to get the uh, cheesy, I don't know, what the hell did they call that? We'd get it from next door, and it was like a giant extra-large pizza. But it was just, like, the pizza dough and, like, cheese and, like, whatever garlic. Yeah. And then you had to just dunk it it. in marinara. So it was essentially a pizza in a different format, but instead (laughs) of, like, you know, 10 bucks for a large pizza... It, it was like what? It was like five dollars. I want to say. Yeah, it was like, like it was five incredibly bucks. Incredibly cheap. It was. I mean, you know, obviously, it was not the uh, the healthiest of things. But you know, we were young. Yeah. 
we were young then, John. We, we could, could do that. We could eat it without regrets. And what was best <laughs> is it fed everybody who was working. So yeah. it's like five dollars, and it's like okay, well, let's split that across the the you know three people that are here. Mm-hmm. You know who wants to chip in? Yeah, we ate that so much. We did because <laughs> like, it was so we had, good. Like, like it was like one like every time we worked. Yeah. And I still wasn't, I I still had an easier time losing and not gaining as much weight than I do right now. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, friggin' youth. I'm gonna go the cliche route. Is it wasted on the young John? It is. Absolutely. damn it. They (laughs) should let us, they should let everybody do a do-over. You should be able to get to about, I don't know, let's say 30. (laughs) <laughs> just to pick a random number um that we are both in no way near yeah get, let you get to 30 and then be like all right let's rewind it back to uh i don't know how far back would you go if you could rewind um if you could rewind and and get kind of a do-over how far back would you go Mm. Would you go back? Because it's I suspect tough. that you are like me, and you immediately... So here's the rules. Okay, here's going to be the game. This is the game. Okay. You turn 30. Someone appears in front of you and says, all right, you get a choice. You can keep going. Things as they are, just keep on going with your life. Mm-hmm. Or... I can send you back to any age, uh, you know, your birthday essentially, at any age, and you can get, you retain all the knowledge that you gained, Um, but you get to do it over. But you have to live with the consequences of things you might change based on your behavior. Hmm. So the the thing that I used to struggle with was there were certain aspects of my life I was very happy with and I was like well what if what if those don't happen what if by knowing this information like you know what if I make too good of a future for myself and I don't meet certain people and stuff like that and that always freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Now, 2013 hasn't been particularly great to me, so that loyalty <laughs> has kind of disappeared somewhat. So, uh, I, I but I'm curious. You're married. You got a family. Do you risk it? You know, I don't think that I would. You just keep going. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie and say that you know that everything is perfect, but nothing ever is. But I kind of like where I am. It's a good and I don't think that the uh, yeah, and I don't think that the uh, that the off chance that having the knowledge that I have now would make anything easier. Right. You know, I mean, and let's let's face it. I mean, like, where do you go? Where would you go back to? Like, if you were if you had to go back. I mean, where would you go? I mean, do you seriously want to redo high school? Do you seriously want to live through puberty again? Uh, I don't necessarily want to go through puberty again. I think it would be funny to go through high school again. 
knowing what I know now. Because <laughs> everybody tells you, you, you know, like, at the time, they're like, oh, none of this really matters, you know? Yeah. Like, do not let it upset you the way it upsets you, you know, the things that happen here. Because people get very serious about high school. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't necessarily, like, I already didn't care so much, but um, I would say in middle school, probably more so, I was worried about, you know, what people thought and what I was doing and I, mm-hmm. and all that. I didn't care as much when I got to high school, but um, I there were still those elements where I wish I had known then what I know now. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I don't I wouldn't look forward to it. Like I wouldn't be like, Yay, I'm back in high school but there is a part of me that thinks I would have such a fun time going back to going that. Like, all that, right, let's do this right this time. Or right, just to walk in and just to I would have to control myself to not just go up to every person and just physically laugh in their face. Yeah. And just be like, What is wrong with every one of you? Do you know what I just realized? We've essentially been describing Days of Future Past. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, parallel words, Days of Future Past. This is I was our... like, this would be a good thing to write about. And then I'm like, oh, wait. 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 This happened. <laughs> this has been <laughs> written about already. <sighs> um... But yeah, I I I don't know. I think that would be You're right. It would be a hard call. I don't I don't know if I would go back or not. There's certainly temptation. I don't know how far back I would go. But uh I don't know. I I I might be willing to jump back a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh to see if I could make some elements of this year not happen maybe. Yeah be nice to not have to be job hunting and whatnot and uh you know can imagine that play some different cards but uh i don't know i feel like a lot of it was kind of gonna happen one way or another so might as well go forward rather than back right Hoorah! (laughs) that sounds real melancholy yeah get this real melancholy ending off the podcast on a light note thanks everybody for coming (laughs) Thanks for <laughs> noticing me. Um, still though, it would be so fun just to walk. Here, I will, I will, I will change the topic real quick on something uh, that I am incredibly looking forward to in less than a week. Okay, what is it? Less than a week is the Christmas episode of Doctor Who. Oh man, I didn't even realize that. It I mean, is the I guess Christmas episode of sense. Doctor Who where Matt Smith will be ending his tenure as the Doctor and uh, handing over the reins to Peter Capaldi. And as much as I like Matt Smith, uh, you know, I loved David Tennant and I was sad to see him go and it took Matt Smith a while to grow on me, but I really like Matt Smith now and I'm going to be sad to see him go. But I've got a feeling that I'm going to really like Capaldi. Yeah, and his eyebrows. Yeah, man, crazy eyebrows. Yeah. You saw the – you watched the 50th, right? Yeah, I did. I think we mentioned that, yeah. Um, when Starring they, they Peter saw Capaldi's his, eyebrows. Yeah, right? They were there. Kind of a – Kind of a wild dude. And I was reading online, and they were saying that his uh, his the regeneration scene that they they've had it filmed for a while now, and 
that uh, Moffat was saying that it was a really, really crazy regeneration. So, uh, and that he's like, and this is the reason that we chose Capaldi. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Like I'm super excited for it because uh, there has been a, there's been minimal Doctor Who this year, and it makes me sad because it's very true. I got I got used to the David Tennant you know run where you would have you know 26, 28 episodes in a season without these two big hiatuses that they've been taking, you know, with the last couple of Matt Smith seasons. And yeah, I know I get they've been you know, super epic in scope and everything like that. But I kind of, I kind of miss having more in, yeah. in terms of like, you know, the stories. And I think that the direction that the series is going is super exciting. Uh, I've been hearing rumors that Peter Jack- Jackson uh, may direct an episode. Um, I so am look for the first three and a half hour long episode. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm hoping that Neil Gaiman writes writes another episode. Oh, always. Oh God. <laughs> so. His episodes are still to this day some of my favorite. Yeah. So, but you know, it's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it overall. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. Um, I'll tell you what's been weirding me out. Hmm is the ridiculous amount of love I keep encountering for the Ninth Doctor. I don't understand it at all. For Eccleston? Yes. Hmm. I'm not, like, I don't want to put the guy down, because I don't think Mm -hmm. he was terrible. No. But I don't understand why you would pick him to be your favorite. I've been hearing a lot of people saying, like, Oh, he's absolutely the best. And I'm just like, really? I only started to like him right before he died. Yeah. Well, I think that the issue with that is kind of the same issue that a lot of people have with Doctor Who. And I mean, it's not really an issue, but it's just kind of the phenomena of, you know, it's you tend to have a overt fondness for your first Doctor. For the first Doctor that you see... You know, when when you're being introduced to the series and for a lot of people, especially, you know, people who are on the younger end of the spectrum, Eccleston was their first doctor. And there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. Um, But I mean, for me, I mean, I know that this is going to end up sounding super hipster and I apologize ahead of time. But I mean, I remember watching, you know, when I was a kid, watching the fourth doctor, watching, um you know him run around with that crazy 14 you know foot tom baker scarf and (laughs) that was that was my first introduction to the doctor was with tom baker and so i always have this you know affinity for tom baker's doctor and so there was the part of that you know where he gets this just like those like million yard stairs where he'll look off slightly above the camera like he's contemplating you know the meaning of the universe and then goes off and says something completely ridiculous like that to me like that was the essence of the doctor when i was a kid and so eccleson when he came in like i hadn't watched him i hadn't watched the you know the movie with uh uh, you know with the eighth doctor with paul mcgann which having him come back and be in the uh 
um, in the the little short that they had done. I don't think I've ever of, seen that. Oh, you the 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 McGann, like the 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 movie or the actual, um, uh, the 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 YouTube short that they did that was like the prequel to the fiftieth. Uh, I didn't see either. Okay, well, um, I will highly recommend watching. I want to say it's called The Night of the Doctor. Um, and it is Paul McGann's regeneration into um, The War Doctor. And kind of it sets up a lot of stuff with that uh, and makes a lot of connections. It, it's basically, it's they manage in, I want to say it's only like a six-minute video to tie and culminate everything that happened in the previous, you know, the for the previous eight doctors, all culminating up into this little six-minute video, which leads immediately up to like why everything is the way that it is in the new in the new series. Like it's it's brilliantly done. Um, so I mean, I will definitely recommend it's like six minutes. It's totally worth watching, but, uh, like I would love to see stuff with Paul McGann again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's the issue is a lot of people. Eccleston was their first introduction to the doctor. And so there is always that kind of, I don't want to say reverence cause that's not what the word that I'm looking for, but there's, there's that loyalty, you know, he was their first doctor. And so for well, a guess, lot of people, there was that, but I get doesn't... that. But he was also my first doctor, and so I guess that's where the argument for me gets confusing, is yeah. because he was my introduction, mm-hmm. but he's not my favorite. Yeah. Um. By you know, I I don't want to say by a long shot because I've only seen you know, I guess sort of four doctors at this point. Yeah. Uh, five if you count Capaldi's eyebrows. <laughs> and Which I would I, do. I would put him after you know Capaldi's eyebrows. So I mean, and, and not to say that he was terrible. I just for me, and I guess this probably does sum it up. Mm-hmm. I spent most of that first season with him, wondering why people liked this show. Yeah. Well, and I think that where that it took it, you know, four or five episodes to really get into its stride, because I think that where Eccleston's doctor really just really starts hitting in is um, the episode Dalek. Yeah. That is the one where I think a lot of people go, okay, I get it. I get it now. And they, you know, they, they get on board at that point. And then it's not too long because after that um, you get the, uh, you know, you get the introduction to, to Captain Jack and, Uh, You know, all of these things and and it just truly takes off from there. So I think that it took a a couple of uh, um, a few episodes to really hit its stride. But once it did, it was truly kind of that epiphany moment for a lot of people. And it it doesn't always apply. Like, you know, I mean, you like you were saying in your case, it's not always, you know, that for you for people. So and, and I mean, that's totally fine. So I don't know. I'm just say if you tell me the 10th Doctor is your favorite. Uh, I totally get it, and I agree mm-hmm. with you. If you tell me the 11th is, I get it. Um, I don't agree, but I get it. Yeah. If you say one before it is, uh, I will agree because I don't know any better. Yeah. 
And so, if you uh, say you know, it's hey, the I ninth, would... I'm a little mildly confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have, uh, you know, if you're interested and have the time, they do have several of the uh, of the older uh, episode arcs on on uh, Netflix. It's like Doctor Who classic or something to that effect. Um, And be prepared because they are super cheesy. Right. But there's still kind of that. It's there's that charm to that like classic campy TV sci-fi to them. Like it's just it's that's what sci-fi was all about at that time period. And they did it really, really well. I saw someone post the comic the other day, and I think this pretty much summed up my experience with Doctor Who um, completely, where it showed a guy, like, sitting there watching um, the first episode that they were ever watching. They, like, <laughs> I've it, seen this comic. Okay, yeah. so you know what I'm talking about, where it's like, he's sitting there and he's watching it, and it's his first time viewing, and he's like, oh my gosh, the intro even has a little, like, sci-fi ooey-oo over the top of it. This yeah, is it does. dumb as hell. And then it cuts to, like, by the end, and then the guy's got, like, a blanket wrapped around him, and he's just singing along with it, going, ooh <laughs> And like singing at the top of his lungs. <laughs> uh, um, this must have been a different one that I saw because I saw one where it's a guy sits down at the computer and he's like, "Well, time to see what this whole Doctor Who business is about." And then it's like, you know, it's just like nine hours later, and the, he's like wearing like Tenet's 3D glasses, <laughs> has like three sonic screwdrivers, and is dressed up and has like a hat on and like all of this stuff, and he's like, "What?" type of thing so and i mean and that's totally true um i will say that uh my wife is a very slow adopter of tv shows yeah like i know that for the longest time she's like i'm not gonna watch house i think that hugh laurie is an ass in that show and (laughs) then it was like I think she was like sick with the flu or something like that, and it was on TV, and she felt too crappy to change the channel and watched like four episodes in a row, and we immediately went and watched from the beginning all the way to the current, and then finished off the you know the series, and it was just one of those things where it was like that, and that was like what she was with Doctor Who. She like I was watching it, and she's like I don't get how you can watch this, and I'm like well let's start with this. And I showed her, I showed her Blink. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, let's watch another episode. So I started her at Tenet because that's easier in a lot of ways to start with Tenet. Because, yeah, I mean, it's it's already starting once the, the character and the show is established. And so we started there and then I we watched through Tenet. And then went back to Eccleston, and, and that kind of helped, I think, her in terms of, like, getting the Eccleston stuff, even the cheesier ones. Yeah. Um. But, like, I mean, it's it was one of those things. She's like, this is dumb. And then we watched one, and she's like, okay, well, let's watch another, I guess. And then, like, okay, well, let's watch another season. <laughs> and went, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it, – it definitely is – it's like an acquired taste, I think is the best way to put it. It really is. It's it, like salt and vinegar potato chips. It's one of those things where you just don't... 
there's just not a lot like it and my dad he kind of he kind of saw a bit of one and and he kind of told me as much where he was like i you know i don't get it but i'm glad you're excited you know that sort of deal and i i told him like to me the appeal of doctor who is this it's like star trek the next generation Mm -hmm. it's like a reminder that shows like that can still exist yeah. Because it uses that format where it's not about a, a serialized drama like kind of, all right, let's move the plot forward each and every single episode. It is mm-hmm. about like, hey, it's it's fucking crazy out there. Yeah. Let's yeah. go check it out. It's crazy and beautiful and terrifying and let's just go be in it. Yeah. And that's what it's about, and let's let's see what kind of trouble we get into. And that's the big hurdle that I had getting into it, and maybe it's the fault of, you know, kind of the way modern television is going, is that when it started, I was just like, this dude just abducted this girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, they're just kind of arbitrarily going all over the place, and they happen to always be in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I well, and I think they why. do a good job explaining that too. Eventually, yes, you know, and the fact they that, do, that the TARDIS it... is supposed to be piloted by six people, and he's doing it by himself, which is the reason things don't tend to go the way that they're supposed to go. That and the combination of the fact that the TARDIS is actually sentient. Yeah. So I, it's one of those things where it just it took me a little bit. To figure out, you know, like, it's not about, oh, we have to go to this place because we're going to stop something. You know, it's not Quantum Leap. Yeah. You know, we, it's not, oh, we've appeared here and now we got to figure out what we got to do. Mm-hmm. It's, we have to go here because we want to see it. And then who knows what will happen. But yeah. you're going to get to see what happened in this case because it turns out this time there was something interesting. Exactly. So it's like that there's all these all these other ones, these other situations and scenarios that have happened that, you know, we just didn't didn't really see because they, you know, it was like this stuff didn't really happen. It's like in uh, it's like Jim Butcher's explanation of the Dresden Files, like that the book that takes place here, like this book is about the most ridiculous thing that happened that year. Yeah. Or the most important thing that happened that year, or something to that effect. Like there was other stuff that happened, and he, you know, talks about it and alludes to it and explains it. But like this year, like you know, this week or this several days, like this is the, you know, the pinnacle of importance for that particular time period. And so it's it's like that with who? It's just it's like they're going around all over the place, just screwing around, having fun, being crazy, uh, and. All of a sudden, every once in a while, so you know, shit hits the fan, and something needs to be done, and the doctor is there to try to help. All right, so real quick before we move off of Doctor <laughs> Who, uh, favorite Doctor, go. Favorite Doctor? Yep. <sighs> Can I got him... You gotta pick one. There's, I gotta pick one. There is one that is your <sighs> favorite, and you have to pick it. I think I'm going to say Tenant, simply because the amount of episodes of his that i genuinely loved um are were his um i will say that matt smith is a close second at this point because some of my favorite episodes like 
they both have episodes that I absolutely love. Just Tenet had more. But I think that there were some of the Matt episodes that I loved, like, in intensity more. Like, right. you know, the um, the Doctor's Wife, the Neil Gaiman episode with the, yeah. you know, the personified TARDIS. Like, that, I absolutely adore that episode. Um, but the, I mean the stuff with with tenet like the specials and the movies and the stuff with the master and uh blink and all of those and pretty much every episode with donna noble well uh, it sounds like you answered my next question <laughs> my uh, favorite companion yeah which is yeah donna noble companion? totally um with amy pond i think being a close second um, and then I, I think liked... I'm going to put Clara after that, just simply because I like Rose. Um, and, I mean, Billy Piper is 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 great. Um, never was a huge fan of Martha. But I think the thing that I liked most about Donna Noble is the fact that she didn't have that, oh, Doctor, I, I love you. We should be together forever type of a thing. It was just this, like purely plutonic like we're just friends that's all we're ever going to be but we're going to go around the universe screwing around and then her leaving yeah. like her like end game story there is probably the most tragic uh-huh. like that is terrible I mean I loved it but it's just so I mean it was it's it was heart wrenching yeah, yeah. So what about what about you? Favorite doctor and then favorite companion. Uh, favorite doctor would be Tennant. Um, kind of bar none, no doubt. Uh, I just he if somebody says Doctor Who, that's what pops into my head. Mm-hmm. Like can't help it. That's what I picture. He kind of embodied that. You know, wearing the suit with like I don't know if they were actually Chucks, but they looked like them. Um, yeah. Or uh, what is it they sand call it? Shoes. Sand shoes. <laughs> um, that combination. Uh, that combination just absolutely worked for me. Like, it was a look that I thought was hilarious, but, you know, really fitting. And so, like you said, he's got most of my favorite episodes uh, happened with him uh, at the wheel, so to speak. So I just I don't know everything about him says the doctor to me. Yeah. Um, favorite companion also Donna. So I guess we're just doubling up here. <laughs> um, I mean, come on, the whole the adipose episode <laughs> uh, where they're having the the, the <laughs> mouthed conversation yes. in the windows of two different areas, like that's just. It was brilliant, and the fact, like the the other people, the people that were inside that they're supposed to be spying on the entire time, I'm watching they it. They watched them happen, and they're like, "Are you done?" Um, <sighs> it was a great reintroduction to to them. Um, the funny thing is, and I am guilty of thinking this. Uh, friends that I have turned onto the show thought this as well. I'm curious to see if you thought this. Okay. Um, so. She was introduced uh, a season prior to her actually becoming a companion. Uh-huh. Um, in and the Christmas episode. In that episode, I became worried that she was going to be the new companion. Uh-huh. 
I did not want her to be the new companion. Yep. And then when it turned out she wasn't and it was someone else, I was like, yay. Um, and it was so funny because I had a friend who was watching it. And he saw that, and he had the same reaction. He was like, oh, so relieved that it wasn't that one lady who became the companion. Uh And I said, well... And he says, no, she's coming back. I said, you'll be okay with it. You'll be very happy. Well, because she changes. Her character changes so much, you know, in between that... Like, she's, she's, like, so obnoxious and screamy and just grating in that in you know in the runaway bride uh episode and it's just it's really like everyone yells a whole lot in that episode that's true it's very Uh, (laughs) but it's like it's that she goes away and you're like okay well that was kind of a a good ending there and then you get martha and you're like okay this isn't bad she's pretty good and there are a couple of good episodes i like martha as a character like I I liked her. First of all, I think she's one of the the prettier companions that he's ever had. Um, I I just happen to find her particularly attractive. But <laughs> um, but I mean, I feel like they the the most depth that they were willing to give her was she has an unrequited affection for the doctor. Yeah. Um, and like that was all they were willing to give her. And as a result, she kind of ends up being one of the more bland companions. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never a huge fan of Rose. Um, sorry. Cause I know a lot of people really like her. Oh I just, yeah. No, I she was, she was never my absolute favorite. Um, she always seemed a little, I don't know. I guess, I guess she just kind of seemed fickle. I mean, like not to be too, weird about it but like she just kind of takes off and she just always i don't know she seemed like more trouble than she was worth (laughs) um so uh so she was never really high on my list and then you got you know martha in there who was you know just it was like well i'm not rose and I'm yeah, not going that, to do... that's her biggest thing is I'm it's she's the companion who's not Rose. Yeah, like that was <laughs> the story they gave her. It's like, what's the arc to my character? Well, you're not Rose. OK, great. Like, of course, nobody's going to really care that much or be that into her because she didn't really have anything. So yeah. um, so I, I liked I thought she had a lot of potential. I thought mm-hmm. that there were times where she was not being not Rose figure that out and uh and she did really well but those times were few and far between and then there were also the times that she was not not being not rose (laughs) yeah so (laughs) um and then you get to donna and it's just like oh my gosh you know you have somebody where it's like not only is there not going to be any love interest but she anytime can hold her own it even him. begins to show up, they just end up making fun of each other and laughing hysterically. Yeah. And it, to me, that just captured what that show was supposed to be about, which is yeah. just gallivanting around having fun. Mm-hmm. And that's what it ended up being with them, even though a lot of tragic stuff happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Watch. But, um, but it, it, it was so great and it was so good. And... Um, I really liked, I, I would say also my second uh, would probably be the pawns, uh, yeah. plural, when yes, they're not put... dealing with marriage stuff. Yeah, okay. I got so sick of the plot element of 
Rory being jealous or dying because he died a lot. He did die a lot. He died enough to where it became an inside the show joke that Rory dies a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, he so, was there, Kenny. Yeah, he really <laughs> was. But when when they were kind of firing on all cylinders, and I don't know, maybe it's just it proves that the companion should not be a romantic interest Mm -hmm. because when they were, you know, just being a couple that happened to be along for the ride with the doctor, I loved that uh, a whole lot. Well, like there was the, the episode, um, I just watched it recently where they get split off into the two time streams. Yes. That episode, that's one of the ones where like they deal with like the whole Amy Rory relationship thing that I thought was, brilliant because it was the amy rory relationship not you know and i think that was the one where it was like it's it's that kind of illusion of who the doctor was that amy had you know having kind of grown up having this imaginary friend right uh that illusion of him as just kind of the superhero character really kind of it changed and that stuck with through the remainder that he's just a person he's not human but he's still a person and he definitely makes mistakes and he can't fix everything yeah you know and so that was i think that one was one of my one of my favorites with them was was that particular one i just thought it was a really interesting it was a really interesting character study and it showed rory being really kick-ass yeah, I think their relationship stuff could work. I just feel like they touched on it too many times. Like, there were episodes that did it really well, mm-hmm. but there were episodes that did it really poorly, and I don't think you should have had that many. Like, yeah. I don't think you should have had enough to where people are like, yeah, sometimes they did it right, and sometimes they didn't. Yeah. Um, I think well, and that I the final to... episode with them uh, really well, nails the tone of their yeah. relationship, which makes that episode even more heartbreaking. Yeah. Because... It, it is the goodbye to them, and it's one of the ones where they kind of get how it should work so well. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I mean, honestly, and during their their run, I mean, obviously there's, you know, you get the uh, the additional Weeping Angels episodes, and, which are fantastic, but you also get um, the introduction to what I think may might be some of the scariest uh, uh, creatures in in the series uh, as the silence. Yeah, those like, things they are pretty terrifying. Terrifying, and like it's I've I've seen the trailer for the Christmas episode, and they definitely hint that the uh, that the silence are in on it and stuff, which makes me really excited to kind of see how they're how they're gonna pull the whole Trendelore bit and lead that into uh, lead that into Capaldi. So. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing where it goes. Yeah, but I think fun. I think that too. Like I really love what they did with the uh, with the fiftieth, and I will put a caveat in here that like the next couple of seconds is going to include a bit of spoilerish things. Uh, <laughs> so if you have not watched the fiftieth, do not listen. Um, but that the doctor now has a goal. Before it was just kind of this. He was he was running away, and he was just trying to deal with and being a bit self-loathing and trying to make up for what he did during the time war. Right. But now, knowing 
that what they did in that worked. He has a goal. It's now he has a search. He knows that there is something that he needs to look for. And so they still will be able to have those episodic things where they're just running around. But now they're running around chasing clues for where it, you know, where they might be able to possibly find you know, their quarry, as it were. And then the possibility of you know, the revitalization of that entire civilization – and having more Time Lords back. Because that was one of the things that they had in the previous, like in the, the classic series, is there were more Time Lords that were running around. And so you had these other things of the the Doctor interacting with other people of his species and other people who could travel through time and had these things. And it's just like, it's a really cool... So is that the way it went down then? Eight is when... The, the end of the time war then? Yeah, so eight, 8 was the Doctor during the time war with the... kind of. Because <laughs> uh, he had been avoiding, for the most part, the battle uh, between the Time Lords and the Daleks. And then something happens uh, and he's essentially killed in a spaceship crash. Okay. But he is, fortuitously enough, the, the spaceship crashes on a planet... Um, that is closely tied to um, Gallifrey um, in in a couple of ways. Uh, and he is a, he is basically he's revived and is given for the first time ever the ability to choose his 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 um, his regeneration to choose what kind of person he wants to be. Interesting. And he chooses to be John Hurt's war doctor because this is the one who can do what needs to be done to end the, the time war that has been just destroying the universe. And so it's um, it's really good. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm super super excited to see where things are going. All right, man. Well, it's your Doctor Who podcast for the week, right? And uh, so, Aaron, why don't you uh, why don't you get us out of here? All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for uh, tuning in to Parallel Words. Uh, if you would like to get in contact with us, uh, you can always email us at parallelwordscast. Is it Parallel Words PC or Parallel Words Cast? Parallel Words Cast at gmail.com is the email. Parallel Words PC, or I should say at Parallel Words PC, is our Twitter handle. And our website is parallelwordscast.blogspot.com. Yes, those things. Boom! I, if you <laughs> like what you're hearing with us I, and you want to hear more, if this is your first introduction to us, uh, we have 17 other episodes. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio or you can listen to the, uh, the streaming cast on the website. Uh, if you like what you hear and you'd like us to keep going, uh, give us a rating. Shoot us an email. Let us know that you're listening. And if you feel like it, write with us. Send us what you write. And if you want us to read it on the podcast, we'd love to do that. If you don't want us to read it on the podcast, we're totally okay with that as well. So 
four parallel words. My name is Aaron Green. And I am Sean Jagger. Saying goodbye and hello, as always. Boo! <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's Dr. Boosh. Dr. Boosh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>